Christmas Day arrives and the airports are still closed. So Zelda decides to bring Jamaica to them in the form of cocktails, party hats and a reggae band uh, that just played Joy to the World on loop. Yeah, but I did quite like the Calypso version of Joy to the World. I did. I thought it was it was it was nice. It was just like maybe the one track that they could use or afford. To be honest, I I thought that at the end when they're all just having a boogie to Joy to the World Calypso style, it seemed like they would be playing a pop song there. Except we all watched the TV broadcast version, so they definitely didn't. So it's like maybe they originally had them dancing to a pop song but couldn't get the rights to it even to air on tv so they just did join to the world again what would make the best sort of calypso kind of christmas song uh silent night i see we're excluding bodie m from this yes yeah uh hmm. yeah silent night be a good shout um well a latin one gaudete yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Gaudete Gau- 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 by Steely Dan. That that would make a fan- not Steely Dan. What we're talking about? A Steely Eye Spam. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a cover. I want it here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One of their most underrated hits, Steely Dan. Though. <laughs> oh, I thought we. Oh, wow. Or Steely Drum, as it would be in in this sense. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three absolutely atrocious anarchists review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. What do we want? No idea. Probably not another Christmas episode. Unfortunately, that's the one we're looking at uh, today. Uh, Before we do do that, let me introduce myself. My name is Phil Dean. I'm your host and guide to this wonderful, nostalgic and now snow-crested landscape. Beautiful. Uh, but I'm not alone. I'm holding hands, gloved hands at that, because it's very, very cold. Um, the man to my right is Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hello, Phil. Yes, hold hands, both uh, because of the cold and to stop the spread of coronavirus. Um, yes, that that is extremely true. Yes. But yes, to be honest, um, at a time like this, I was probably never more up for a Christmas episode than... Um, now as a distraction you know just a completely different uh, frame of mind to put myself in and i'll say it right now i enjoyed this christmas episode i'm not the most anti-christmas of the three of us that's definitely chris but i am the person who very nearly ended this podcast because he got so bored of reviewing a christmas episode once so uh, there you go that's it there we go spoiler alert right off the bat because uh yeah we, we've got some big big christmas shoes to fill in this episode uh, and the man on my left which uh, we do now fact is um yeah, the most anti-christmas uh, between the three of us is mr chris evans hello chris hi how are you doing buddy it was a fucking Christmas episode. How do you think I'm doing? <laughs> do you not have the same sort of uh, nice jolly, jolly fillings as uh, as uh, Graham clearly had, which was a, a massive shocker? No, it was Christmas. Do you not even feel like, like as Graham said, you know, it, it is uh, somewhat of a dark time we're living at the moment, and just having something as cheerful and as and as as gay in the old sense of of a Christmas sense, you know, that's um, you know, it's it's a, it's a nice time. Would, would you not agree? No. 
Oh, okay. Well, that was uh, not a surprise. I, I might be the only optimistic person left on this planet due to the Rona. And this brought me down because it reminded me that Christmas is a matter of weeks away. I think I saw something somewhere saying like 16 Mondays and I was like, not again. Um, yeah, so, so the, as we, we've teased it about Christmas. Um, so uh, yes, this, uh, this episode uh, number 12 of season four is indeed the Christmas one. And it's entitled Sabrina comma nipping at your nose um in this episode sabrina she angers mother nature by trying to change the weather on her own uh, because she wants to go to jamaica and uh, yeah and because of that she turns into a snowman for a little bit and has to uh, cheer a certain person up um graham you already said at the top of the show that you somewhat enjoyed this christmas episode which was a massive shock to not just me or chris but perhaps the entire nation um but yeah did what what was it about this episode that you particularly enjoyed? Was it just the environment you were watching it in, or did you legitimately enjoy what was what was happening? First of all, which nation is it a shock to? I think just the the nation, the the, the sab nation, our international audience. Wonderful. Um, okay. Um, I think yeah, part, partly it was due to the, the the circumstances, but I don't think it's just that. I think this was a well written episode. It had a good few laughs. It had a good bit of character development, particularly of Mister Craft, who we've not seen anywhere near enough of uh, this season. Um, I think yeah, it was just a yeah, it was it was just it was just really fun. It, it was the least what's the word the least out of character Christmas episode. You know, we've talked before how it really feels like they're hamstrung by the fact that they seemingly have to do a christmas episode yeah, every season yeah. like yeah we've said before like it's very jarring it's like oh suddenly we're just that's it everything's gone out the window we must incorporate christmas somehow but it still has maintained some sabrina elements sure we don't see dreamer or, or brad but we've still got uh, you know the clock sharp and still got development with characters as you said before so yeah it was a somewhat very surprising christmas episode i think yeah the most natural christmas episode i would say absolutely yeah because, because I, I mean, I was just going to do like you know a, 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 an announcement at the top of the show just to say that this episode may very well be ten minutes long. We just want to get through it as quick as possible, and we're only covering it because it's part of our service. But in fact, um, yeah, I did surprisingly quite enjoy it. Uh, Graham, you enjoyed it, um, of course. Chris, um, you enjoyed it, right? The only thing I enjoyed was the puns. There were a couple, wasn't there? Yeah, I bet your ears pricked up. Yes, and that's it. Yes. Okay. But still, though, there were there were some positives in this episode, and we and we will uh, we will get to them. But uh, yeah, we might as well uh, jumping uh, guys. You ready to celebrate Christmas a couple of months early? No. Merry Christmas! It's the wonderful time of the podcast. Um, so this episode opens on Salem talking about his love for not only himself but for Christmas. I did actually. Um, in my notes, I put in brackets, because I just expected to hate it. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll redact that. I think that should be, um, it should be taken into account, actually, that it really must be a good episode, because I think we all went into it expecting to hate it. And when you go into something expecting to hate it, there's things that you might normally be charmed by that you go, mm, at, because no one likes being proven wrong. 
Exactly, and and I, I somewhat was, but obviously we'll we'll see what the scores reflect at the end. But uh, yeah, I really had um, sort of prejudiced thoughts going into Christmas, so I do apologise, Frank Conniff. Um, so yeah, so Salem's there talking about his love for himself and for Christmas, and talking about food, um, or not food, he's probably talking about that as well, fond I meant to say. Talking about fond Christmas memories filled with screaming, as he said, is... Um, his household used to be full of because his mum couldn't make Christmas dinner. Um, so Sabrina comes in moaning about the weather because it's too windy, too snowy and too cold. While Salem relishes in the first of his self-bought 12 gifts of Christmas. The first one being actor Danny Bonaduce. Bonaduce. Bonaduce, sorry. Yeah, Danny Bonaduce uh, is sat in a pear tree because he was in the 1970s sitcom the Partridge family, thus making him <laughs> a partridge in a pear tree. Now and, it makes uh, sense. Um, I actually remember the Salem's 12 Days of Christmas subplot. Nothing about the rest of this episode, but I was like, <laughs> Just... I, I re- as, as soon as I saw Danny Bonaduce in the tree, I was like, oh, later on he has three French hens and it's three middle-aged French women getting their hair dried. I remembered that straight away. There yeah. we go. <laughs> nice. So I got nice. confused because yeah, because I I did know it was Danny Bonaduce, but his Twitter handle is at the douche. Duce is um, Duke in uh, Italian, so that's probably more what he's going for rather than calling himself a douche. You never know though. <laughs> you, you never know. You never you know. We never know how people you know celebrities like to uh, uh, describe themselves. But there we go. That's the first of many gifts. Uh, we see a couple. Yeah, we see um, number two, number three, and then when I think we jump straight ahead to uh, seven, eight. Uh, 11 12 so we'll, we'll see a couple of these but uh, it's nice that they were impactful enough for graham to remember them fondly many years later all i'm gonna say is this this is what i'm gonna say as graham said we went into this thinking we were gonna hate it because it's a christmas episode i did remotely slightly just a minor bit enjoy the 12 days of christmas imagined in real life nice because the reason why they're they're jokes as well is he bought them from the 89 cents store um and for himself and for himself he's the only person that loves him oh it's very sad no we don't want that at christmas tell you what we do want at christmas we want a mirror gag written by our best friend chris evans um because yeah now we get to the titles and we do we do miss greatly um the the mirror gags of old where sabrina dresses in an outfit and tells us a little joke or not depending on what the writers thought at the time um each week we like to fill in those blanks that have been left behind uh so this week it's up to chris so chris what's your mirror gag tell us what she's wearing and what she's saying well all I can say is this. You'll be sorry you asked. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> Merry fucking Christmas. Okay, tell us, Chris. No, that was it. You'll be sorry you asked. Oh. oh. Yep. At least I did a PS. At least did I, I did a PSA, Chris. Chris, do you remember when I texted you earlier today saying, I know you hate Christmas, but you've got to write the mirror gag, and your last one was an absolute killer and still, I think, a podcast highlight, never mind season highlight, of... Um, it was a Halloweener, and that was incredibly funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're telling me that the follow-up to that, the sequel to Halloweener, is just you just not giving a fuck. No, no, no. The follow-up to Halloweener is, you'll be sorry you ask. Oh! <gasps> you'll be you'll. sorry. Oh. The, what actually happened there is we were disappointed, Phil, but what we were actually was not as not intelligent enough. Nice. To know that was a pun of such subtlety and grace we didn't even know it was being made 
What amazing grace, you might say. There you go. <laughs> there we are. And how is she dressed, Chris? Uh, oh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Does doesn't matter. I don't see the Christmas pun in no, that. No, the whole purpose of, of the mirror gag this week was you were not meant to understand that that was the mirror gag. So she just turns, so she's dressed normally. She just says, you'll be sorry you asked. Yes. Like, oh, that's a bit foreboding. What's that about? You'll be sorry. And then you're mulling over it for the rest of the episode. The downside is that you don't pay any attention to what's going on in the episode. Because you're just like, you'll be sorry. What's going Is she okay? What's going on there? And then after a while, you're like, ah, you'll be sorry. And then the episode's over. Yeah. Yes. Right. Okay. So, and again, I mean, I replicated exactly what I put on my notes there. I immediately put an uh to do about Christmas, expecting it to be terrible. And I expected Chris just to just not bother. But in fact, he did in such a subtle, genius level. Um, yeah, well done, Chris. It, it still doesn't top the fact that um, not only did you have Halloween last time, but you also had Sabrina dress as a tank. Um, <laughs> and, another joke. <laughs> another joke in the past. Um, so, so you know, when, when when you do put effort in, when you do put effort in, you do execute really, really well. We're still at home, and Sabrina is still moaning about the weather. However, to raise those spirits up, the radio happens to be running an awesome giveaway. Four tickets for a week-long trip to Jamaica for Christmas. Wahey! Uh, the question is science-related, and obviously Zelda happens to know the answer, so they win the tickets. Huzzah! Uh, so it looks like Sabrina, Hilda, Zelda, and Harvey because obviously she's going to give the ticket to her to Harvey, are going to have one wonderful Christmas time. Uh, Sabrina tells Harvey in school the next day not to make plans instead of telling him what they actually have planned, cause Sabrina. Back home and Hilda and Zelda return from a busy day at the clock shop, but enough about that because Salem's second 12 days of Christmas gift has arrived. Did you remember this one, Graeme? Uh, yes, these were, I did. These are two turtle doves. Um, what is a turtle dove? I always assumed it was a breed of dove. Turns out it's not. It is a uh, turtles with their uh, wings attached to them. So. Uh, not just that. Two dead turtles with wings stapled to them. Yikes. Um, but one thing I did want to ask is, obviously, um, Graeme, you are known throughout these parts and through this podcast as um, a great spotter of whether things are turtles or tortoises. Yes. You already called the show out before. Um, did you catch a glimpse of these? Were these actually turtles or tortoises? Yeah, these lads um, these lads had uh, flippers, so they were indeed turtles. They were. Excellent. Well, there we go. So they had a strike against them a few episodes ago, but now it's great. You're actually using the right kind of prop. Well done, lads. They got my letter that I sent uh, through the time clock to them to uh, get it right <laughs> next time. Uh, we have a brisk visit to the coffee shop. Again, boys, do you remember what it's called? Um, uh, something Bean. <laughs> Last time, Chris, you just said the coffee shop was called Beans. <laughs> bean <laughs> Still machine. Still a very good name. Bean, bean Machine. <laughs> the nice bean to machine. you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> bean, uh, there, bean there brewed that. Yes, it is. Bean uh, there brewed yeah. that. Well done. Uh, sadly not. Um, what did you say? Bean Jean? did you say? It doesn't matter now. <laughs> you oh. said nice to bean you, didn't you? Nice to bean you. <laughs> nice. Very good. Maybe they do say that. That's how they welcome other gust- uh, customers. Customers. Uh, yeah, so they have a brisk... Customers. Uh, we have a brisk visit to Bean There Brewed That, where a returning Josh says a couple of lines. Uh, one of them is about wishing he, wishing he wasn't Muslim. I didn't yeah. really get what he was talking about that. Yeah. That was really funny. Not in the way that Frank Conniff intended. It's funny because he's clearly making a joke that 
because I always because Serena's like isn't aren't all these Christmas decorations wonderful? I think she's admiring the the tree in being there brewed brewed that. Um, and Josh says, "Yeah, it makes me wish I wasn't Muslim." And the audience doesn't realise it's a joke. And <laughs> well, I didn't realise it was a joke. Goes, like, a few people just kind of go, <laughs> "Is he Muslim?" <laughs> it's, it's, it's yeah. Oh right, okay. That's that's some good progression. That's what they were thinking in the nineties in the audience. Doesn't really work. Good representation as well. First Muslim character in Sabrina. uh... So Sabrina is decorating the coffee shop tree, and Mister Craft comes over and steals some of the decorations because he's bitter about spending Christmas alone, seeing as Zelda is off to Jamaica and his granny's off to Vegas. Um, normal Vegas, not other realm Vegas, unfortunately. Um, Mr. Craft is then being an absolute hero and he tears down all the decorations. In Beautiful! The shop, yeah. Which was very Beautiful. funny. Absolutely very, very funny. Amazing. It, didn't, it, it wasn't funny, Phil. It was deadly serious. I enjoyed every second of it and it should continue to happen in every place that has Christmas decorations up. I also got a similar thrill from watching him pull down the lights which are all around the entire shop that i get to watching like domino toppling you know like a a domino run because it's a really long line of lights like it's very very long and just to see the whole thing get like gradually sort of torn away from its moorings was just very very aesthetically pleasing and i enjoyed yeah, it was it was very very well pieced together. Yeah, because it could have just looked really crummy or looked obviously fake that people are you know they're cutting strings yeah. elsewhere. But no, it did actually look like yeah, one little tug of this um, tinsel and that's and it. It all goes uh, extra plus. Just goes red. extra plus for the manic crafter as well. Yeah, but it's again very sort of uh, very good character trait for Mister Craft that you know it's like if he's not happy, no one else can be, and that's you know it's it's um, or, you know nice consistency with the character he's most happy when no one else is happy which is um salem wallows in his disappointing french hens which uh, graham correctly remembered as a child of uh, yeah it's just three french broads uh, getting their 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 hair done and again loved it well there we go so yeah unfortunately chris it does seem like they are from the south of france um but uh, still though you enjoyed it you can't no no take backsies so, yeah, so Salem is wallowing in his disappointing French hen's gift, and Sabrina wallows in the fact that severe weather has caused all the airports to close indefinitely, therefore cancelling their trip away. And again, we come to the point where, so they're not just magicking themselves to Jamaica. If they really wanted to go, they could just zap themselves there. Because even though, the, you know, you might say, oh, but they've got Harvey with them, Harvey would not realise that they were in Westbridge one moment and Jamaica the next. I really don't understand, and we never have understood the um, whole thing of, like, I'm, I'm sure. It's not something that happens regularly, to be fair. But I'm sure we have seen people just teleport themselves to a place many, many times. Often enough for any oh, kind yeah. of uh, travel problems to not really exist in the witching realm. Yeah, because, you know, they're all sort of disappointed. Oh, it looks like we're not going anymore. And obviously it leads to Sabrina, um, you know, just going mad in you know in, in, a, in a couple of moments time but yeah the, the fact that they're not just their magic is so powerful one moment and not even a, a second thought um, you, you, you know what you guys have just completely indiana jones this entire episode we fucked a 14 year old no <laughs> wait what so if you look at um indiana jones and the raiders of the lost ark Mm-hmm. In which yeah. it's established that the, the... he had a relationship with Marion when she was 14. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. Um, that entire film, if 
in Indiana, Harrison Ford's character wasn't in it, would still have resulted in the same way. He he does he plays no part in the unraveling of that plot, other than slightly getting in the way of the Nazis. Yeah, he doesn't. They would have still found the ark, and their faces uh, would have still melted, etc. Yeah, it it would have just happened quicker. Just yeah, just some just some pedo yank got in the way for a bit. Some pedo yank got in the way for a bit. So <laughs> it, yeah, he played no part in that film. So what? So how does this apply to the Sabrina situation then? The whole needing to take a plane to get to Jamaica. If they just went, oh, let's go to Jamaica, zap, I'm in Jamaica. So the plane is Indiana Jones. Yes. Right. Got it. And the Raiders of the Lost Ark are what we're trying to do while we're you know, while we're trying to understand where Brad's gone. So there you go, guys. I've I've solved it. I know you said at the top of the episode, Phil, that we were just going to get through it in ten minutes. It's been more like thirty-five. But that's the end of the episode. Thank you very much for joining us. This was a pointless episode. They could have just magicked themselves to Jamaica. Um, after me, chaps, and may <laughs> every little thing you do be magic. All right, bye. To be fair, though, it this episode does get some progression in the sense that I've, having not seen Indiana Jones and Raids of the Lost Ark or really any of them, I had no idea that he was a paedophile, so that's... Um, well, that's... Don't, now you know he very, very, very much is. <laughs> Excellent. Well, there we go. Ha- if there's anything you take away from this Sabrina Christmas episode, it's that. That little tidbit. <laughs> Merry fucking Christmas. Um, Salem then quotes Mark Twain with uh, an apparent quote of, Everyone talks about the weather, but nobody does anything about it prompting Sabrina to do something about it. That Mark Twain quote blew my mind a little bit, because, I mean, presumably he said it in, you know, 1800 and whatever. He could have been talking about today and Very uh, much. our leader's Very much. Uh, refusal to take any action on climate change, couldn't he? That's it, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, Sabrina does say something later on in the episode. It might be very... I think it's now, really. She says something about, what's this thing about... Um, global warming or whatever this like like it's a fad like it's still a joke uh when you know it's very very much not so so we've had we've had climate change jokes in this episode last week we had terrorism jokes so it's just it's proper foreshadowing um our world leaders these days that mark twain quote which was probably already 100 years old even at the time speaks more to the modern reality of climate change than the jokes they make about global warming <laughs> uh, in this episode and I think, to be honest, I think everything Mark Twain said and wrote has aged fantastically. I don't know, did he also say Indiana Jones was a paedophile? With Mark Twain to quote, it prompts Sabrina to do something uh, about the weather. So she does, in true Sabrina fashion, uh, well, it backfires, obviously, because she just does an incantation, she magics the snow away, and then it backfires or, or back snows, uh, and she turns into a snowman or snow person, do we want to say? Is, is, that, is that correct for this day and age? Well, the bottom line is we've got uh, we've got the whole thing going about you know terrorism, climate change. So yeah, gender fluidity, snow. Especially person. with liquid, that's good fluidity. Yeah, and yeah, also exactly. like does not have genitals, so she's very definitely gender. Gen- yes, yes, definitely. Well, actually, actually, Graham, we don't know. Does does a snowman have have a penis? Think about it. If you build one, yes. Otherwise, no. <laughs> I would say to that. Well, I, 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 I would argue, I would argue, much like a uh, a canine, the uh, the 
the penis or male genitalia could uh, could be inserted within and then only extend out when when required. I don't want to meet the person who built a snowman with working uh, retracting genitalia, but I do admire their skills. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to meet them. I really don't want to meet them. Really, really don't want to meet them. But I do admire the talent. Sick. Good. Snow but yeah, person. So Thank snow you very person. much. So yeah, snow so she person. turns into a um, a snow person with a wonderful... I, mean, I think she's partly in costume, but I guess mainly superimposed onto a uh, on a snowman as a face anyway. Her her like her, her miserable face on that uh, superimposed onto that snowman was very funny. Do you think they had to paint her white? Or do you think that was done in post? I couldn't tell whether she was wearing face paint or not. I think so. That she could have just put a uh, put a head into a um, just a white jumper like like Nate Rich did, trying to be Salem. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Just yeah, just just yeah, a head round, just just a white turtleneck would have been uh, turtle dove neck, uh, would have been uh, fun. Um, but we'll tell you what is fun. A real cat Salem tries his best to stop the house being so hot because he's just this little cat just licking his lips, chatting to this uh, watery girl. Um, but she gradually starts melting until she's just a head, whilst real cat Salem starts drinking up her melted body. Very much enjoyed a bit more um, getting um, real cat Salem to lick his lips when uh, Nick Mackay's mm. talking. We got a bit more of that. Uh, sadly, not inside a car this time. But, uh, sadly not, no. Yeah. Uh, Hilda says that they can't reverse the spell, so she must plead her case to Mother Nature herself. Speaking of which, she's like a corporate businesswoman. I'm sorry, but I didn't. I didn't like it. I didn't like. I was like, "Oh my god, we get to see Mother Nature, and she's a businesswoman." It's a Mother no, Nature for the like 21st it. century, Chris. She's a girl boss. Oh. She's a slate. She's a she's no, a slay queen. No, no, that that you, you, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. That that that's exactly why I didn't. Because you like hate it. women. You hate women in positions of power. They're... Is that what it is? Now I'm trying to cancel no, you. Chris, How does it no. feel? Chris hates the progression of women, <laughs> and it, that has been confirmed on this episode and podcast. <laughs> no, what I didn't like about it was the sheer fact that again, I get it. It's in the late '90s, but this idea that women want to uh, that. This idea that women are equal to men and Mother Nature... <laughs> you don't like that? No, oh God. You didn't like it. Finish. You're getting cut, Chris. That's it. I'll, 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 I'll paraphrase. I'll paraphrase. What Chris is saying is, why can it not be Father Nature? No, I'm saying you, that Chris. women are infinitely better thank you, Chris. than men. Thank you, thank you Chris. And, That's, thank and you. you shouldn't... Thank you, thank you Chris. No, no. We, 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 we got it. We understand. We yep. understand. May every little thing you do be magic. Uh, but yeah, so this is Mother Nature. She's uh, rocking a uh, headset and she's saying, you know, she's ordering a hurricane, I think. Um, I quite like that. I quite like she was talking because obviously hurricanes and storms, yeah, like they have like names of people, yeah. So she's like, is that Dave? Is that Hurricane Dave? I want you to hit wherever. I quite like that. Yeah, I don't care how where you are or what you're doing. You're going to get there now. And so, so she's she's managing where all this, uh, you know, this, this particular weather's coming. And uh, yeah, in come Hilda and Zelda carrying uh, a bucket full of Sabrina. Um, oh, that's a good band name, isn't it? A bucket full bucket. of Sabrina. Yeah, that sounds like a good grunge band. Um, but yeah, so she's she's comes in with a with with a bucket full of her. And she says, you know, this is my niece. She's um, um, oh no, Sabrina says, I'm sorry, I'm looking a little pale. She says, and Chris Chris laughed. Then didn't you? Yes, it it, it, it was it, this this was the laugh. Huh. 
There in spite of your objections to the depiction of Mother Nature, this must have been your favourite scene, Chris, because it was Pun City. It was Pun City. I did enjoy it. It was pun after pun after pun after pun. It was very enjoyable. Mother Nature tells Serena that the, the snow was actually due to stop anyway that evening, but she rushed ahead and tried to um, you know to try to fix it herself. But not wanting to be a bastard during the holidays, she decides to turn Sabrina back to normal. However, she gives her a proper lesson learning punishment. Uh, the punishment is that it's the worst punishment she could ever possibly have, not just for Christmas, but in life in general. She must fill someone up with Christmas cheer. And that person that she must fill up is a Mr. Willard Craft. And only once her magic lapel bin, uh, pin badge lights up, he'll be full of cheer and she can then go to Jamaica. So at this point, I thought we were going to have kind of like a it's a wonderful life kind of direction for yeah. this Christmas episode that she was going to play like the role of Clarence talking about like, you know, uh, oh, it's fine. This is full of Christmas cheer. It's all good. But we kind of it turns into actually kind of like a christmas carol with a ghost of christmas uh, past yeah but it, it wasn't really a christmas carol it was just i don't even know what it it, it was more just like yeah. willard craft origins yeah. yeah well no no this is the problem that i'm having at the moment that they're trying to fit too much into one episode it would have been enough if they just went to Jamaica, or it would have been enough if it was just trying to figure out how to get Sabrina out of being a snow person, or it would have been enough to to cheer Mr. Craft up. It would have been enough, but the main plot, they're trying to fit too many things in, and and, and it just leaps from one thing to the other, and it, it they're not they're not experimenting enough. They're not delving deep enough into the original ideas. They're just going. Oh yeah, wouldn't it be great if we got Mother Nature in it? Oh, wouldn't it be great if we saw uh, Willard uh, Willard's past Christmases? Just pick one thing and do that right. I think in their minds they see this as experimenting and see this as keeping it fresh. I think possibly at this stage they don't want to be accused of like retreading the same things. So what they do instead is almost overthink things and you know like kind of throw so many like curveballs and bells and whistles into things to be like well there's definitely something new but yeah like you say it can just be cumbersome sometimes serena realizes that being the sad depressing man that mr craft is he will obviously be at school over the holidays so she catches him arranging detention for the new year and she gives him his favorite christmas food which was figgy pudding which is to, to no surprise of anyone, that's his that's his favourite Christmas dish. When Sabrina is working out where Mr. Craft could be, she says she's tried everywhere, including Custer's Steakhouse. Nice bit of continuity there. And the office of the Pat Buchanan presidential campaign. Right. And uh, if you don't know who Pat Buchanan was, he was an extremely uh, conservative American politician. The kind of conservative politician that doesn't really exist anymore. The ones who were like, America has lost its way with all its rap music and its MTV and its <laughs> da, 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 those people. And that's exactly who Mr. Kraft would align with politically, I think. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, that was a nice bit of character development. I like that. There we go. See, I, I don't know anything outside of Sabrina. So, yeah, this this bringing this, this, this uh, reference, Graham, it's greatly appreciated. Thank you very much. Welcome. Christmas present for myself there. Thank you. Um, but yeah, and it's nice as well, character development with Mr. Craft that uh, Figgy Pudding is his favourite Christmas uh, 
meal. Not, not fiber in your uh, in your piggy pudding, by the way. Um, but he goes he goes full Bruce Bogtrotter on it, and he just oh, he does. cleans he house does. the the entire pudding. Again, a nice moment is when he just reaches over and pulls out a fork and a bib from his top drawer. <laughs> as if he was ready for it. Uh, meanwhile, what's going on at the clock shop is that Hilda and Zelda have recently hired um, some extra hands in the clock shop because apparently Christmas time is a busy time for clocks. Um, so they hire two elves who we believe left Santa's grotto due to creative differences, but their subplot is that they're um, they're a little bit naughty. These elves, they uh, like to steal stuff. Um, so we, we get to just find out a bit more about these. Um, I've completely forgotten the names of them. One's called Burger something. Yeah, I've got them for you. Uh, the names are Powell and Pressburger. And I was like, those are such specific names, it must be a reference to something. So... I googled, for fuck's sake. Yes, Michael Powell and Emmerich Pressburger were two British filmmakers in the 1940s and 1950s who made many films that are now regarded as classics, the best known of which was The Red Shoes. Uh, They've got absolutely fuck all to do with elves or Christmas. It's just Frank Conniff being the film buff that he is, showing off and putting a little Easter egg in there. An Easter egg in a Christmas episode. Go figure. Who'd have thought it? <laughs> in the shape of elves. In the shape of elves, yes. Yeah. So again, as you say, Frank Conniff, a connoisseur, a connoisseur of not only um, little little gags and movies, but also anything that is at least 30 years older than the target audience for the show. Yes, but that's even like Frank was, I think, born in like the 1950s. So that's like kind of like, you know, before even his time, he's just, yeah, mm. as I say, he's just a film buff. And he, I guess, wanted to put that in there. But um, Powell, I believe, the... Um, the white guy. There's a white guy and a black guy. Uh, Powell is played by Ed Gale, who was the guy in the suit um, of Howard the Duck in that infamous 80s film. Oh, he okay. didn't do the vo- really. Yeah, he didn't do the voice, but he was the body of of Howard. Yeah. Funny enough, that's 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 quite a big get in the sense no one knows who he is, but. We know who he is. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it's a big get, and it's not because you don't even yeah, you don't even hear his voice. But that's that's him. Yeah. Wow. I do like the the Pressburger guy because uh, he's an incredibly sassy elf who apparently uh, was also caught kissing Mrs. Claus as well. Yeah, that when they explain what happened, uh, one of them was fired for making a fat joke about Santa. Uh, Powell was fired for making a fat joke about Santa, and Pressburger was fired for sexually harassing Mrs. Claus. Um, and Bla- well, Blaine his, his excuse was all yeah, all that mistletoe. I mean, can you blame him? There's mistletoe everywhere in that factory, and you know if they just if he happens to bump into Mrs. Claus constantly, I mean, uh, it's mistletoe. Exactly, it, it, it's the law. You must kiss under it. So yeah. We well, I, no, no one knows what the law is in uh, in an elven workshop. I don't know. It's called Lapland. You know. Hey, hey. Oh, oh. Someone's done a naughty joke there. Someone's done a funny. Someone's done a naughty joke. That's a naughty joke, that is. There we go. Uh, you made a naughty joke about Lapland. Are you going to give me a Lapland dance, are you? Are you? Well, are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so this is uh, Powell and uh, Pressburger. Um, it turns out that they've been caught stealing and they need to come up with a plan to kind of catch them red-handed. 
Uh, Sabrina, meanwhile, tries to appeal to a sobbing, sugar-come-downed Mr. Kraft uh, by taking him for a walk, and the walk straight to the clock shop, where we learn that, yes, despite there being no suggestion for it, and pretty much, in fact, probably no interaction between the two of them, Zelda and Mr. Kraft are apparently still very much dating. Yeah, what the hell? They're still Zuzu, Zuzu and Monkey. They we did see still. them break up, to be fair, but also for them to go back to yeah being Zuzu and Monkey, having not interacted at all this season, was jarring. Yeah, we didn't see them, you know, break up. We also didn't see them seeing each other or even mentioning each other's names. Exactly. So yeah, it was very, very jarring. Am I the only one that's getting used to this? That this this season they set things up or they completely forget about them. That that. Right now, we've completely forgotten about Brad. Yeah. You know, the witch hunter. Yep. Where the fuck's Dreamer? Yep. And, uh, you know, Sabrina's mentee. Honestly, at this point, Zuzu and Monkey are are not high on my to-do list. I am sorry, Chris. I think think the cast coming or going, I guess, is... I don't know, maybe it's... Goodness me, what was that? What in the world was that? That was the cat waking up. All oh. right. Oh, that was nice. That was. <laughs> oh, oh, that's lovely. Oh. Um. Then we get sort of like one, uh, sort of the first of I think three uses of a horrible spell, and obviously Martin Mull, being the wonderful comedic actor that he is, just depicts it in the most realistic way. Is that um, Sabrina uses some kind of death spell on Mister Craft twice? But this first time, he's proper, just like. He's not just saying, like, oh, I can't hear. He's proper, like, trying to shout and also hear. It's very, very funny. It's very funny. He blows his nose, doesn't he, at one point? Thinks maybe his sinus is a block. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's some of the best visual comedic acting I've, I've seen in this, this series so far. Honestly, it's, it's one of these things, like, the more I see of, of you know, Martin, because he's, he's by far, he's been, the, like, the best person, the best character in these last sort of three seasons. Every time we do see him, it just makes me sad that by the end of the season, he's gone. Yeah, and also that we don't see that much of him this season. It's yeah, it's the whole absence makes a heart grow fonder. Him having a prominent role in this just reminded me what a talented comedian he is. Yeah, yeah, very but it's, Yeah, but it's just just there trying to shout, trying to blow his nose while because because the idea is that rather than just ask him to leave, you know, you know the sensible option they've just made him deaf, so just so Sabrina can talk to Zelda about you know for advice about what to do. And, you know, because ultimately she wants to give Mr. Kraft some Christmas cheer, uh, but she also wants to do it quickly and just really cheaply, really, just so she can go to Jamaica. Um, So she takes Mr. Kraft into the back to uh, go and speak with Hilda and again uses the death spell again. And he's just like, oh, my hearing's gone again. (laughs) he's, He's terrified, but reacting in the most real way. Um, And Hilda just says, like, you know what, you know, suggests put him in the clock and if she leaves him in the past, she's not going to say anything. Um, so that's what she decides to do. Sabrina decides to take Mr. Craft into um, the old grandfather clock just to try and find some Christmas memories because she asks him up front, like, Mr. Craft, why do you hate Christmas so much? And the simple answer is he can't remember ever having a good one, which is really sad. Um, we, we've said before the reason why he's so cranky and so mistrusting of witches is because of his ex-wife. But, you know, never like to think that the reason why he's such, like, a pathetic adult is because he was such a pathetic 
child which is so and we do actually see glimpses of his childhood so again some great progression points here we go back in time well you say you say we got to see some glimpses of his childhood i i thought we'd already seen a little bit of his childhood and uh, and i spoiler alert for the next two minutes but um i didn't realize he was an orphan i didn't realize he's an orphan. that's why it's good progression i didn't know he was he was an orphan at all he's not an orphan he is watching the kids at the orphanage and wishing he was an orphan because he hates his parents so much that's what's going on in that scene it is right. un- unfathomably tragic he's saying i never he's saying i never had it good like, he, i think he literally says i never had it as good as those orphans <laughs> that's yeah Oh, I do like though he's talking about his tragic childhood. I do like how he's talking about his tragic childhood while sitting on a, a ball ball is uh, is very nice. Yes. Um, I I'm so sorry. I completely missed that. So so Willard Craft wasn't in fact an orphan. His existence as a child was so bad that he believed that orphans who had either lost nor never knew their parents had it better than him yes that's correct because he was looking classic what classic the craft fuck was yeah. his he was looking through the gates of an orphanage and saying look they've all got presents because i guess you know the people at the orphanage should be like these kids have nothing let's make christmas as special for them as we possibly can and he was like and they've all got each other they're all friends you know together at christmas and he was looking at them being like they're having a great time way better than i am because he had to pay another boy for a lump of coal yeah which he then stroked and like acted like it was a friend like oh mr craft coal is best christmas present he ever got was a snow uh sled yeah snow sled but it was just after his family had moved to miami so yeah he, he had a, he had a terrible time of it yeah is and his sled was called dog hat wasn't it it, it certainly certainly was <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so so it's just sad that you know we do see these glimpses of mr craft's tragic childhood and he can't you can't think of a happy one even though the one where he did get that sled a, a gift that he'd asked for years in the past which is still no good um where they're currently living but he said it was the best present he'd ever had as a kid so and because of that you know he has got some fond memories and a bit of christmas cheer uh, serena's lapel lights up and she's like great i'm going to jamaica but she actually for probably not for once but you know it very rarely happens she actually realizes that she's done the bare minimum but even in her heart that's not that's not enough when her um Christmas star started flashing red. I thought she was being radioed by Captain Scarlet. <laughs> That's it. But yeah, so so it's she decides that you know I've I've still got to help Mister Craft in in some regards anyway. Um, even though she has done you know what 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 was the least of what was required for her to go to uh, Jamaica. Uh, she also makes him deaf, then makes him undeaf, but speaks in silence, and then comes in at the end of a sentence just to make Mister Craft feel even more mad. <laughs> It's just uh, just to trying to explain the way that he had, like, oh, you know, you zoned out when you had that vivid daydream and, you know, trying to... I think this is the most sympathetic I've ever felt towards Kraft in this episode. The fleshing out of his tragic childhood plus the extent to which he is gaslit during this. And the fact that he ends up pretty pretty cheerful, like about as cheerful as we've ever seen him, I was like, fuck it, good for you, mate. You've been through it in this episode. You really have. He's absolutely gone through the ringer emotionally, psychologically, yeah. So it it does not it is nice that we get some some comeuppance for him at the end. 
Um, back home and Harvey pops over to exchange gifts with Sabs and Harvey isn't the only one who's surprised by his gift. He's got theatre tickets for a movie marathon he mentioned he wanted to go into uh, at the uh, top of the episode. Hilda and Zelda wonder who the extra Jamaica ticket went to. Then inbounds a really, really jolly holiday cladded Willard Craft who is incredibly excited about going to Jamaica. He's in a Hawaiian oh. shirt, isn't he, and a sun hat. Um, and Bermuda, Bermuda shorts. Bermuda shorts, maracas. Um, He's kind of just got mm. everything associated with a beach, not just yeah. Jamaica. Um, this is one very specifically for UK listeners of a certain age. But how much did he look like Timmy Mallet? <laughs> get it out of my head. <laughs> um, so yeah, Mr. Mr. Craft is thrilled about going away with him. He's like, oh, you know, even Zelda's kind of a bit surprised, but she's still like, you know, it's 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 my my monkey. Um, Hilda obviously is, is gutted, and they ask Sabrina about it, and she just says that she wanted to give Mr. Craft at least one happy Christmas and one that he can definitely remember. So it's very very nice, very very fucking Christmas, Mr. Craft. Um, speaking of which, Christmas Day arrives and the airports are still closed. So Zelda decides to bring Jamaica to them in the form of cocktails, party hats and a reggae band uh, that just played Joy to the World on loop. Yeah, but I did quite like the Calypso version of Joy to the World. I did. I thought it was it was, it was nice. It was just like maybe the one track that they could use or afford. To be honest, I... I thought that at the end, when they're all just having a boogie to Joy to the World Calypso style, it seemed like they would be playing a pop song there, except we all watched the TV broadcast version, so they definitely didn't. So it's like maybe they originally had them dancing to a pop song, but couldn't get the rights to it even to air on TV, so they just did Joy to the World again. What would make the best sort of Calypso kind of Christmas song? Uh, Silent Night. <laughs> I see we're excluding Bodie M from this. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Silent Night be a good shout. Um, well, a Latin one. Gaudete. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Gaud- <laughs> Gaudete by Steely Dan. That that would make a... Fan- not Steely Dan, what we're talking about. A Steely Eye Spam. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is a cover. I want it here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> One of their most underrated hits, Steely Dan. <laughs> oh, I thought we... Oh, wow. Or Steely Drum, as it would be in, mm. in this sense. <laughs> uh, Mr. Craft pops around to say he really, really doesn't care about not going to Jamaica. He's just happy to not be spending Christmas alone this year. And again, my heart just melted. It did. Um, for Probably Mr. Craft there, because it's just... It, it, as you say, it's, it's, we do love how funny Mr. Craft... Or what Martin Will is it, and how tragic the character is, and how still... Over the past couple of seasons, how well-rounded and well-written Mr. Craft is. But it is genuinely nice to see some really uplifting size to a character who's meant to be um, disliked and just uh, as a villain, in a sense. He's the only real villain in the in the, in the the show. But it's still nice just to see him be happy it once in a while. It's like, as uh, Chris said, and as, as we were saying, generally like it. It's not a Christmas Carol thing they do with Craft here, although good idea for a Christmas episode, but we know we'll never see it, because this is his last Christmas. That's dark. Um, <laughs> you won't see next Christmas, in the show at least. The same way in how by the end of Christmas Carol, the fact that Scrooge is happy, you're happy for him, 
even though you've seen what a terrible person he is. Um, it's almost the same with Kraft here, where like you know he's awful, but he's actually happy for once, and he's not happy because he's making somebody else miserable, which is mm. usually the only thing that makes him happy. So it's nice to see him genuinely, purely happy and having fun with other people, not having fun at the expense of other people, which is what he would normally do. He's not alone, but he's also spending time with Zelda, who he clearly cherishes. So it is very, very nice to see that. Um, also, uh, it's just it's just all our it's all our people, you know, that we've been with for you know so many episodes now. You know, you've got Harvey's there, and all the all the Spellmans are there. Salem says, "Yeah, man." Um, <laughs> and yeah, they're all just they're just having fun. They're just having a nice little like like boogie together. And it's, oh, there's, it's... there's there's ducks as well instead of the seven swans swim, swimming. Whatever. I was gonna say singing. Uh, uh, Maybe the uh, aren't they the eight geese? Oh, it's geese Elaine, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, the eight geese Elaine. Yeah, yeah. You thought the ninety-eight cent store was so cheap they're giving him ducks instead of. Well, salmon. that's what it was. That's that. That's what I thought the joke was. <laughs> I forgot that there are actually geese oh. lame. Um, Hilda, meanwhile, is a snowman outside because she tried to change the weather to avoid going on holiday with Mister Kraft. So that's the reason they're not going to Jamaica is because, uh, yeah, Hilda didn't want to spend any time with uh, Mister Kraft. So it's a shame. This, this is portrayed as Hilda being selfish. I would disagree. This is Hilda taking one for the team and making everybody realise that the true gift is being together with each other at Christmas and not going on some fancy foreign holiday. Everyone's happy just enjoying each other's company. Yes, they've magically brought a reggae band to their house, which not everybody can do. No, that's true. Um, You know, like when I did that last Christmas, I had to pay a lot of money. Let me tell you, a lot of money. Um, But... Yeah, I think she's kind of made the experience more more pure than if they had gone to Jamaica. And she herself has avoided being part of it and having to um, suffer through uh, Mr. Craft um, in party mode. But yeah, I think I think Hilda was selfish, but incidentally quite selfless yeah. as well. Okay, yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from. What do you think? Let us know. I'm probably not going to post anything about it, but let me know if you want. <laughs> um, the credits roll and yeah we're just jamming man that's all that's going on it's just jamming and then a bit of breaking the fourth wall at the end where everyone's wishing us um, a very very Merry Christmas which is uh, nice especially in the you know middle of September it's, it's a nice thing to be to be shouted at us <laughs> that brings it to the end of episode 12 our Christmas episode um, we have come out the other end uh, unscathed and um, not wishing that this podcast to end, which is always a plus, as we, as we write every every year and indeed every, after every episode. Um, but yeah, boys, talking about it, Chris, I'll start with you. I know you're a bit of a sourpuss around this time of year. Um, I'm, I'm talking about September as well as just Christmas. Um, what do you think of it? Did, did you enjoy the episode on reflection? I enjoyed aspects of it. If you took some parts of the episode and made sure they weren't in a Christmas episode, I'd say it would be very enjoyable. But because it revolved around Christmas, I hated every (laughs) second of it. If the same episode happened and it wasn't related around Christmas, it was just related around either another time of year or just a Tuesday, would you have enjoyed it more? Yes. Uh, What about you, Graham? You uh, kind of obviously enjoyed it at the top. It it was, you know, you quite shocked us. Uh, but yeah, do you think your your praise for this episode was was uh, was right? I mean, yes, I do because knowing how hard Christmas episodes are to pull off, they're a stumbling block for just about every series. There's so few good ones, even from great shows. Um, 
I think they yeah, I think they coped really well with the burden of having to do a Christmas episode. Was it one of the best episodes of Sabrina ever? No. Did it deliver everything that I would want from a Sabrina episode um, as a bare minimum? Yes, it did. Mm-hmm. And did it deal with the concept of Christmas in a way that I didn't find irritating, even though I was watching it in September? <laughs> yes, it did. So I think it's a success. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you there in the sense of it felt like the most normal kind of Sabrina episode. It just so happened to revolve around Christmas. And I think the reason why um, you know feel it normal is, um, yeah, we actually... Um, developed uh, or rather progressed into a character. It wasn't just a, you know, a screech and a, th- a Christmas is thrown right as and it was just, oh, it happens to be Christmas time and this also happens to be happening at this time. Um, yeah, no, I thought it was it was good. It delivered everything as Sabrina episode should. And uh, yeah, as you say, it wasn't done in a really horrible, eye-gouging, attention-seeking Christmassy way. Um, so but what about the scores? What about the numbers that we actually give this episode? Because at the end of each one, we do like to critique it in a, a certain uh, set of criteria. Those are magic, wit, creativity. Say it with me, boys. Progression. Yeah. Um, so, boys, first of all, magic. Just how magical was this episode? I say straight off the bat there was magical aspects but it wasn't wholly magical if that makes sense holy as in oh holy night no not as in oh holy night as in the whole as in total unit you know so in that factor i'd say there was no specific spells i feel that thing that that things that happened or transpired that could come under magic would be more suited under wit or creativity. Therefore, I'm giving it a two. I don't know. There were some magical things, like we saw Mother Nature and what her office I'd or, put or that... her, her realm sort of looks like. That was still a magical place. I'd, we... I'd, still put, I'd put that under creativity, mate. Okay. we used Obviously, we used the, the grandfather clock. We went back in time for a little bit. Um, and Sabrina was a snowman. Sorry, sorry, snow person uh, for a time. Um, Graham, decide you know, what do you make of it? I, th- I think magic was a relatively peripheral um, part of this episode because ultimately it hinged on the fact that they won a holiday, which technically anybody could do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and it was always like they did. For the most part, they did spells in reaction to winning a holiday. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think it was a very high one for magic. I would give it about two, I think. Okay, we'll go for two. Uh, what about wit? How funny was this episode? Quite a bit funny. I laughed quite a lot at it. Mainly mainly Martin Mull, um, but I think it was a tightly written, tightly written episode, as Frank Conniff is known to deliver to us. <laughs> um and considering he had to work with Christmas and how hackneyed so many like Christmas-based jokes are, I think he did very well. And the cast did very well with the material. I put it up at a four. Really four? Uh, I was thinking. I was thinking more along the lines of three. I still enjoy. It. I I enjoyed it, but um, I'm not sure. Chris, decide in fact a three or a four. I think for me, it's it was all about the puns. There was only one scene of puns, but it was all about the puns. So I'd be I'd be happy to put it at a four if I knew that creativity was only going to get a three. Does that make sense? You're trying to barter? Yes. 
Okay. I I I am interested in your proposal. Uh, we've reached an agreement here. Yeah. And that would cause us to outvote Phil, regardless of what he yeah. thinks. His this opinion. is true. What I think. His opinion. His opinion so as long as creativity it. doesn't go above a three, wit gets four. Okay. So go. so Phil, your opinion, Phil, is now irrelevant. Okay. So well, there we go. So wit is four. Uh, what creativity? I th- I three. think four. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, who gives a shit? Because <laughs> it's three. Okay. We've just there agreed. we go. Let's let's just skip it. Creativity three, and finally uh, progression. Um, just how uh, yeah, how much progression uh, was there in this episode? Quite a lot on the Willie Craft score. Uh, not really on anything else. I wouldn't really say. But it's a character we've not re- revisited for a long mm. time, so I'd say he gets One. at least two points, but. I guess there wasn't really much beyond him. So. Yeah, there wasn't anything, uh, any sort of character development or, you know, nor really anything. You know, obviously, the clock shop is just still normal. Uh, school life is just normal. Harvey and Sabrina are normal. But I know I, I do think there was an, a really nice exploration of Mr. Craft that warrants more than one, I think. Um, no, one. One. The one character progressed, therefore, progression gets. One point. I would say there was enough progression on that one character to make it yeah. two, because we never give zero, um, and so in episodes where there's pretty much no progression, that's a yep. one. Episode where one character gets a bit of extra fleshing out, I'd say that's a two. Yeah, I would say two, and Chris has been outvoted, and his opinion is irrelevant, just like mine was previously. So what did we have? We had... Um, what do we have for magic? We had two for magic. We had uh, four for wit. Three for creativity and two for progression. Uh, Christopher, what does that give us? That gives us a a, a disappointing eleven out of twenty. Mm, disappointing in the sense that it's it's just above average. <laughs> it did all right. Disappointing in the fact that it did all right, and it's a Christmas episode. It is the best Christmas episode, but it's still only average in the grand scheme of things. I think that's about, yeah. I think yes. that's about right, actually. Yeah, I mean, I guess on that, where do you think this lies in in regards to other Christmas episodes we've had? So we had Christmas Amnesia um, last year, which the only thing I can really sort of remember that I did laugh is didn't Sabrina keep jumping out a window? You see, uh, that that's that's that quite entertaining because it was called Christmas Amnesia, and the only thing you can remember is someone jumping out of a window. <laughs> I can't remember. Are you sure you've it, got yeah. any? <laughs> you got amnesia there, Phil. <laughs> so there was Christmas Amnesia. We had uh, the one with uh, Bob. Um, I had to sort of teach her the value of Christmas. And I can't remember what season one one was at all. Uh, but yeah, so, so where do you think this sort of ranks really in, in regards to um, you know the, the the Christmas episodes? Having not got a clear memory of any of them, it's kind of difficult to say. I listened to the Christmas Amnesia episode that we did uh, this very week. So that's a tiny bit more refreshed in my mind. That did have the um, advantage of Christmas being forgotten for a good portion of it um but i would say this is the funniest one and as i said at the start the most natural one the, i think the least chafing against the formula of a christmas episode that the show has ever done it felt a lot more like a natural sabrina episode this one so i would say i don't know whether that's the case as far as our score goes but i would say personally i think this is the best christmas episode if you must watch a Christmas episode of Sabrina, let it be this one. For now. For now, at least. For now. Um, 
I've just remembered uh, season one was the one that had Coolio in it. Was it? Oh, well, maybe that's the best one then. I don't remember anything else about it, but Coolio coming out the poster. I mean, <laughs> iconic. Playing at the Westbridge Bowl. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's the best one. I can't quite remember. Um, but yeah, there we go. No, yeah, I, I I think this one was probably the best one just because it felt like, it's the first one that's felt like a, a genuine um, Sabrina episode. There was Sabrina characters doing Sabrina-related things. It just so happened Christmas was going on uh, and it didn't feel jarring, out of place and just unnecessary. So, uh, yeah, I'd go as far as saying, um, yep, this was a pleasant surprise and definitely the best one uh, that we've had so far. Um, As for the next episode, gentlemen, would you like to know what our post-Christmas episode is called? I would, would, but I want to draw everybody's attention to something else about this episode first. Wow. wow. I, I know nothing about the pot. I make a point of not looking at the pot. So my guess my guesses when you say do you know what it's about are hundred percent sincere. I don't know. But I did look at the air dates. So I can tell you that we have just finished reviewing the last Sabrina, the Teenage Witch episode of the twentieth Century. Oh shit! A shit yes. Next next time round, we will be in a new millennium. Yo, excuse me, millennium. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, good goodbye to a, a character that's been with us since the start, the twentieth century. It's gone. Yeah. Goodbye and thank God the nineties are now behind us. So um, what what thing is there anything that you're gutted about missing? by moving away from the 90s and what's the main thing that you're excited to be leaving in the 90s um crimped hair <laughs> okay yeah you, you to, to be honest yeah when you were nine years old graham i thought you looked pretty trendy I, 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 bit, I, i'm uh... not saying i didn't look good in the context of the time i just think it was a lot of effort to crimp that hair yeah I'm glad i don't true. have to do that anymore that's what i'm saying the episode is called now you see her now you don't it could be on about the nineties. Okay, okay. So this is this is one of two things. This is either another shitty magician episode, or shitty or... shitty magician. I think the first one was was Joel. Yeah, magic. Joel. Yes, exactly. I had a lot of fun with the lad from uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, but uh, it was good that. Yeah, let 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 me fucking finish right. what I'm saying. Sorry, sorry. Or it's either a shitty magician or. Something goes horribly wrong and she starts turning invisible. I yeah, I reckon she suffers from the affliction um that um good old uh, Susan Storm suffers from, where um she keeps going invisible, but she has no control over it. Sometimes she will just vanish. Um and she must assert who she is. Kind of pr- prove 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 something about her individuality and what her beliefs are in order to stop disappearing. It's kind of like a coming-of-age type story. Yeah, it very much uh, is, I'd say. In episode 13, Now You See Her, Now You Don't, in a desperate attempt to lose weight to fit into a dress, Sabrina's other realm remedy starts turning her invisible. Ah, so it's a body positivity episode. Yeah, well, we, we can only hope so. I've not watched it yet. But yeah, it's... it's um. Yeah, it finds out that I guess she, the the potion or the spell that she uses just, you know, kind of she wastes away. 
and it's not healthy for anybody. Uh, but that's episode 13, where speaking of not healthy for anybody, it's the 2000s. So let's see what magic what magic arrives as we enter the um, the 21st uh, century. Um that's it from me and from Phil uh, in 1999. Uh, I do hope you have enjoyed this episode and I do hope the chaps that have joined me have uh, have done so as well. Uh, so first of all, thank you very much, Graham Riley. Uh, you're welcome. Um, goodbye to the 20th century. You didn't know how good you had it. You really didn't. <laughs> and thank you very much to Christopher Evans. Why, why do I have to leave the 90s? Can I not stay in the 90s? They, they, it was a simpler time. It was. It was. If you would like to follow us on social media, I have no idea why you would, because we don't we do fuck all on it. Uh, but if you do want to just find out what we're doing occasionally, then you can do. Um, just head to our Twitter. We are at Sabrina Watch. Uh, we can also find us on Facebook. We are Sabrina the Teenage Watch. Uh, and, of course, if you would like to leave a review, it would be greatly appreciated. Just head to wherever you find your podcasts and uh, leave us a, a five-star review on there because, well, it's nice. And, it, you know, any good reviews help us get up uh, charts and such for more, po- more people to find us. Uh, and if you would like to leave a small donation, then you absolutely can. Uh, you can just head to our website, which is www.coffee. That's ko com forward slash Sabrina the Teenage Watch. You can leave us something there. Just just a couple of quid, a couple of dollars. Why not? You know, it's it's Christmas. <laughs> Maybe. Wait, when you're listening to it. Uh, <laughs> um, so thank you very much uh, for listening once again. And uh, again, during this particular time we are recording in, please do stay safe, stay well. And ultimately, may every little thing you do be magic. magic.